welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. I'm Podcast Form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And it's... My birthday. So we're going to... Celebrate by talking about Marvel Universe Live. Yeah, so... If you're unfamiliar with it, Marvel Universe Live is a stadium show put on by Feld Entertainment, the people behind Disney on Ice, along with a lot of other shows, and it would be really interesting to see what the show would have been like if it came out like a year later. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling you would not have any of the mutant characters in, and instead of the Cosmic Cube, you'd have like ISO 8 yeah. Well, I don't know. I, well, mutant characters, I agree. Well, I don't actually know if I would agree with that, because Wolverine is, like, one of the most popular characters Marvel has, so... Yeah, but I feel like their treatment of the mutant characters would have been dangerous. Or, would have been different. Yeah, Wolverine might have been the only one. Yeah, and just a side note for you listeners, I have just gotten up from, like, a two-hour nap because Devin was up late with friends seeing the show unlike myself who went the weekend prior to michigan to see the show which was about a eight hour drive something like that something like that long yeah. way yeah but I, I did it for you Devin. thanks luke i know and it was also if you do not know what the weather was like it was driving through a snowstorm in, like, the first weekend in April. Yep. Weird weather recently. Yeah, there was snow when I got home tonight. So. It's so weird. But speaking of weird, uh, one of the things that both of us were sold on, though in different formats, was there was a prequel comic to Marvel Universe Live. We both learned about this from our good show friend Liam, who, like, manages the uh, sales team at the event. And, it, like, when I went, it was, like, his 500-plus the show. So, like, he'd been doing this for almost, like, two years now, which yeah. is scary. Crazy. Do you think they get shit-faced after each show? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I want to believe. Yeah, like, this is one of the biggest shows that they have. Like, I got the $30 version of the comic that came with a bunch of, like, special first issues, and I had some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about the show. Uh, Devin, you just got the normal, like, $20 program version, right? I did. And so, like, they're both introduced by with these comics by Frank Thierry, who is the writer, Miguel... Sepulveda, who is the artist, J. David Ramos, who's the colorist, VCs Joe Sabino, who is the letterer, and then there are some other notes. And the way that the comic related story starts is the Red Skull has the cosmic cube in his possession. Pray go on. The Avengers, they've almost all been defeated. But Thor and Captain America get one last burst of strength, and they are able to wrest it from the hands of the Red Skull. And so the next day, Iron Man is trying to figure out what to do with it with his good buddy. Spider-Man! Yep. And 
Thor isn't really sure that any of them can be trusted with it. So that's when Hawkeye and Black Widow, who... Like, some of the art in this is just super dang weird. Like, the first panel of Black Widow, her hair does not make sense. Like, it is... It's some rough chuckles. Hawkeye and Black Widow show up. They're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Suddenly they get a call from Hawkeye on the uh, wrist phones that they have. Because it turns out the Hawkeye who is there with them is actually... Loki! God mischief. Yep. And he starts smacking them around until the actual Hawkeye... Flint Barton. ...is able to wrest the Cosmic Cube from Loki... And he gets beaten down. So Thor puts Loki back in prison. But it turns out that the Loki that Thor puts in prison is actually Hawkeye. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that leads into the actual show where Thor is like, Well, I can't trust anyone with the Cosmic Cube. Because it makes good people bad. And makes bad people even worse. So he tries to break it with Mjolnir. He's able to break it, but it goes into chunks, and instead of just, like, sending those chunks into the sun, where it'd be a lot harder to reach them, he hides them on Earth. Just, like, three chunks, Thor? You couldn't have smacked it a couple more times? Mm-hmm. He's getting a nice dust form. Well, four chunks. No, it's just three. No, because Loki has his chunk, and then you have the other... Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they they kept a tight story. That they did. And so Loki appears to the audience and he's like, Oh, well, Thor didn't destroy these well enough, so let's go cause some mischief. Let's get some shit going on. What? And so, like, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are out in the desert. And all of a sudden, a bunch of Chitari soldiers from Avengers the movie attack them. They drive their jeep, but eventually they get captured. Well, there's an awesome fight, choreographed fight scene between them. Bam, bam, bam. I'll leave my opinions until after (laughs) we've gotten through the story. Loki is revealed that he's got one of these chunks, and his whole plan is he's going to take mutants in the convenient form of Cyclops, Wolverine, and Storm... And he's going to use them, use their natural mutant energy to turn his broken cosmic cube piece into a actual cosmic cube. So Iron Man, his buddy, Spider-Man, yeah, they go in. Everyone is really concerned about what's going to happen to Cyclops. They're able to free Wolverine, but Loki teleports away with Storm and Cyclops and... Gets mad, screams, no guys, you can't just have a stupid meeting of the Avengers. We have to go and get my friends. Which, he kept using the word friends, plural. It's like, whoa, continuity error. Cyclops and Wolverine are not pals. He would have used the word friend, singular. Or bub. Yes. Oh, how that popped. We gotta go rescue my bubs. Yeah, let's go over our team of Avengers. So, we've got the sort of, like, Marvel trinity. You got your Thor, your Iron Man, your Captain America. Yep. You got your spy couple, Black Widow and Hawkeye. True. You got Teen Supreme, Spider-Man. You got 
Bruce Banner, who yeah. does not want to turn into the Hulk. Ever. Yep. His little pal, Falcon. Yep. And then you got Superheroine Supreme. Without sleeves. Carol. Yes. Yeah. Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel. Well, no, she's Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's right. Oh, like I said, my mind is scattered. And so they've identified three other locations on the map where people have these fragments of the Cosmic Cube, and their basic plan is we're going to get these three fragments, and this will let us stop Loki's super fragment. Except that Wolverine wants to go after his friends, and so Hulk slash Bruce Banner... Uh, Bruce Banner's like, oh, well, I understand being angry, so I'll go along with you. And being a lone wolf. Which yes. is pointless, because he just went with Wolverine, making Wolverine not a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. Basically, Bruce Banner does not understand what being a lone wolf is. They're being alone together. Yep. Because <laughs> even, too, because he even says... And actually, in reality, I'm never alone because I have the Hulk inside me. So it's like, wow, look at you even more not understanding what being alone wolf is your spinner. Hulk's so alone. Hulk, nothing without Hulk. So funny thing that I learned from our good friend Liam at the performance is if you look at the Marvel Universe Live special book cover, mm-hmm. there's one very important character who is missing from the team lineup, and that is Iron Man. Yeah. And apparently, like, Marvel got really, really angry because it had already gotten to print before anyone noticed that. That's great. Good times. That's so, a very big Iron Man, right front and center. On the uh, smaller version? Oh, no, yep. it's the bigger version. Mine yep. is, like, a good, like, 11 and a half by 13. I don't know, this is, like, trade size. Yeah. Yeah, mine's, like, way bigger than that. Mine's, like, this, like, art poster book. Yeah. Well, this also includes uh, Marvel Premiere number 49, The Incredible Hulk, number 181, that's the Hulk versus Wolverine, Amazing Spider-Man, number 194, Captain Marvel, number 1, Iron Man, number 5, that's the Extremis Iron Man, Tales of Suspense, numbers 80 through 81, uh, portions of that, and Journey into Mystery, number 85 plus the Marvel Universe prelude, which is a really weird mix because you've got, like, all these classic comics and then you end with, like, the first issue of Kelly Sue DeConnick's Captain Marvel run and having that Dexter Soy art is really, really weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I... There's times where I really love Dexter Soy's art. Like, Osborne was really good. Mm-hmm. But I really think they could use something more conventional on that first arc for Captain Marvel. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Well, I'm pretty sure they didn't want to put the first issue of Iron Man Extremis in there because kids would be baffled by it. Yeah, and the fifth one is like the Ho Yinsen in the cave, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, also you don't want to put issue number one because then all the kids... Because though this universe, according to the Marvel Wikia, claims it's in the 616, it can't be because the first villain that they fight... Is Aldrich Killian, who if they'd included issue one of Extremis in your little trade, blows his brains out after the second page that he exists. <laughs> yeah. That was like the big thing. That was like the other problem I had too when they made the Iron Man 3 movie was you knew that he was characters like way more than just his comic book counterpart because like you're not going to cast Guy Pierce 
just for him to shoot himself two minutes after being on screen. Yeah. Speaking of Aldrich killing, there are three different threat teams, and we have gone to our intermission and we have come back yet. What did you do during your intermission? I went to the bathroom and looked at some of the souvenirs. Oh, okay. What did you do? I didn't go to the bathroom, but pretty much the same thing. There was not a lot. Oh, I got free shampoo. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Head and Shoulders. Yeah. Ding! There are three different teams. There's AIM, which includes Aldrich Killian, who are attacking in one area, so that's where Iron Man's team is going to. Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. The second team is going to New York, New York, to fight... The Sinister Six. As a team up of Spider-Man and Thor. Yep. The third team is going to fight Hydra, including Red Skull and Madam Hydra. Consisting of Captain America, Black Widow, and Falcon. And then the last team, like... rides a motorbike. Oh, yeah. And then the last team, like we mentioned, is Wolverine and Hulk, who they have show up. So they can, like, change the setup. Yeah, I thought that was a, sm- a clever way to do it. It wasn't bad, but we'll, we'll leave my critical commentary for later. So the first adventure that we get is the AIM versus Iron Man. And so you have a bunch of people in the beekeeper suits, which I'm glad they used. Oh my god, I love that they use the beekeeper suits. And, like, they're fighting, and then they have some, like, extremist soldiers show up, and uh, Aldrich Killian, who, they do light that guy on fire. Yeah, they did. And luckily, AIM was prepared to put fire extinguishers when he got defeated on him. Yep. Hopefully that brought nobody out of the illusion of the stage. It's true. Yeah, they pretty much have to vamp for time while Jarvis hacks into the uh, security system. And eventually they beat it, they get their cosmic cube, and then they fly away. Mm Mm-hmm. After beating the crap out of all those enemies. And hitting the thing that they weren't supposed to hit because it was going to cause a big explosion. Yep. Well, it's all the aim serum, or the um, extremist serum. The old that. Just sitting there, nice and exposed in the middle of your base. Hawkeye, don't hit that until we say you should. Okay. It was also weird how they used cartoon voice actors. Yeah. The one that really got to me first was uh, in the Sinister Six, where it's like, oh, no, that's definitely Tom Kenny doing his Dr. Octopus voice. Oh, yeah. It's like, I was, like, going into it, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a cartoon voice, but wasn't 100% sure. And then, yeah, the second we hit Doc Ock, it was like, oh, and yeah, Tom yep. Kenny. Yeah. Uh, so the second battle is in New York City at the Statue of Liberty, which was an interesting set because it's, like, the head of the Statue of Liberty... But they have a transparent cloth that, like, when you shine light through, you can see on the inside. And so Thor is, like, on the inside fighting the lizard, rhino, and Dr. Octopus. Mm -hmm. While Spider-Man is on the top fighting Electro, mostly Green Goblin, and then Black Cat. And here's what gets me. They say it's the Sinister Six, and it's like, everyone else is definitely working under Green Goblin, but Black Cat is trying to steal the cube for her own clients. She's trying to steal it from the Green Goblin, so if you're counting at home, that's only 
five members of the Sinister Six. Well, the program says that you are wrong, and she is a member of the team. Well, I'm saying the program is wrong. Right right there in the program. Marvel wouldn't publish a shoddy product. They wouldn't publish a special version of the trade that lacks Iron Man, the central character for their story. Well, not all his purchase here. Crummy comic. I got this nice $20 <laughs> one that has every character on it. Uh, happy birthday, Devin. Happy birthday. A five-word blurb for Captain Carol. Apparently she was unworthy to get her own page. Oh. She yeah. did sort of feel like, oh, we need... We, we should add another woman because it would be bad if we only have Black Widow and Maria Hill and Storm who was inside a cage the entire time. Yeah. Like, I don't think they have another central enough female character that they could put in. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. So, Marvel, get it together. Yeah, well, I mean, they've also been pushing Carol a lot recently, too. They have. Like, they, well, not even just recently. I mean, Bendis was the guy who's like, we need to have a big central female character. So he, like, led to the creation of that series. There's some neat stuff in the battle, like Spider-Man ends up getting hooked onto the bottom of the Goblin Glider, and like that was the main neat thing for me in this scene, beyond the layout design. Well, I think they also had like, a lot of cool different like effects with his web swinging, such as him kick, such as uh, Black Cat jumping off and him catching her, mm-hmm. and her webbing there like, halfway down. But in the end, he ends up getting what he needs, and so that sends us off to Hydra Island, where Captain America, Black Widow, and Falcon end up riding their dirt bikes in to fight Hydra on dirt bikes, including Red Skull on a dirt bike. Falcon, even though he can fly, amazing at riding a dirt bike. I think it's probably a requirement for the Avengers in this universe. All I kept waiting for was for Iron Man to ride a dirt bike, just so Hasbro could be sitting there and waiting, being like, you all mocked us when you said that we were being sexist for putting that Iron Man toy on that motorbike in one of our toys, even though it made no sense for Avengers 2. Well, who's laughing now? Look at that Iron Man riding a motorbike in this live production show. I was just sad that I didn't see any of the heroes using swords, because there were a lot of kids who were buying those light-up swords. No, I know. Oh, that's because that is the most generic light-up sword you can get that mm-hmm. every single event has. Yeah, but, like, they could have given... Well, I, I guess you wouldn't want your hero, your villains to have a light-up sword. They I end, can buy red lightsabers. I had the Darth Maul double-bladed red lightsaber. They end up having their big fight. Eventually, Red Skull tries to F off in a, like, escape pod, and Captain America throws his shield... And maybe Captain America also dies in the explosion? We don't know what happened to the cube piece. At the very least, we know that he killed the Red Skull. That Nazi bastard. Surprisingly, a lot of people getting murked in this uh, show. If it wasn't for me being between, like, two families, because I went to this thing alone, you went with friends, right, Devin? Yeah. Yeah, no, see, if I had, like, gone with friends, I really, really wanted to yell, Oh my god, it's a fucking Nazi! Whenever the Red Skull showed up, but I, I did not. I had to be reserved. Why'd you restrain yourself, Luke? <sighs> it's 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 a question for all of us. When I was tweeting about the thing before, I, or as I was there, one of my friends tweeted me back saying that he knows the real life Maria Hill. 
That's mm-hmm. a fun fact and a true story. He noticed her what? No, he knows her. The woman oh. played Maria Hill. Oh, the actress. <laughs> it it's just such a weird like show it's like so what have you done for the past two years john ah oh, well pretty much i wear a wolverine costume i have myself synced up to lines there's a light sensor that basically tracks all my movements so that they know where I am, and I just reenact the same flips over people and dirt bike jumps each time. Yep. But getting back to our story, the Avengers, except for Captain America's team, all end up getting to Loki's secret mountain base, which is really weird, because it took, like, Bruce Banner and Wolverine pretty much all the second act to get up there, and all the other Avengers are like, oh, hey, we're going to fight here now. Well, it's because they cheated and flew in a Quinjet. Yeah, but... Bruce and Wolverine had to climb the, up the mountain themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I just... We had the great moments of Wolverine just completely just murking Chitauri. Mm-hmm. That's when he just jumps on one and repeatedly just stabs him in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the one just, like, gets... And, like, one of the, like, commanders on top of him, and then you just hear the chunk, and you see, like, some shoot out of his back. Yeah. Just, like... Oh, yeah, no, that's his claws. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine basically goes and rescues Storm and Cyclops because he cares about his friends, bub. Which is like, why did you guys just free them both earlier? Like, that didn't make sense. Oh, yeah, no. Like, like, such a small hit that it took to get Wolverine out. Like, you could have easily shot your pulsars to get the other two out before Loki took off. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I think, what what if Iron Man is just racist? Well, to me, it was just like of all of them you'd take, I would you took for like if you want their power sets to help you, I would not have taken Wolverine. But you would have gone with Storm, right? Yeah, yeah. Storm or Cyclops because Cyclops could really shot like his his optic blast to blast the other two out. Mm-hmm. And or Storm could have used her lightning. Like basically, either one of them would have been a better choice. Yeah, but Wolverine's got the kid appeal because he's got knives on his hand, bub. Weird. Children, you should all practice that at home. Mm-hmm. So they have freed the mutants, and Loki appears, and he's like, oh, you thought you were done? You thought you had killed all these people? And he brings back, like, the villains who they fought before. And that's when Captain America, Falcon, and Black Widow show up, and it turns out they survived, and they got the peace. And so they try and put their pieces together, but Loki's is more powerful and so Loki tries to use the Cosmic Cube to command them, and they're like, oh, well, thanks to our powers of friendship, we don't need to worry about that. Unfortunately, Bruce Banner transforms into the Hulk, and Loki is able to command him to attack the team, and they're like, oh, no, that's not good. But then they have friendship and working together, and they're able to get that turned back, and they defeat Loki, and they save the day. Friendship to the max. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of Marvel Universe Live. Yep. Uh, yeah. So my experience may definitely be differed by driving several hours up to see the show, which is something I didn't need to have done. Nope. But, 
I just specifically said we should do it. I did not ever once say, you should drive up and go see it. I'll cover it. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, it made me really wish they had done all the storytelling via wrestling. Because, like, some of the fights that they had were just really poorly choreographed and laid out on the scene. And it definitely felt like them going through the numbers where it's like, oh, our hits don't even need to connect. I'm just going to flip over here. I thought it was great. It was a good excuse for me to come up to Michigan and see friends. Yep. Well, friends. Spider-Man's web slinging was super tight. Uh, there was some... Neat stuff with that. I had a hard time getting into the illusion. Like, the illusion was broken for me during the entire presentation. Oh. Yeah. It was like... I was really into it. Like, there was some interesting construction there. But I... know what you were expecting, Luke. I was expecting to get into the magic of theater, and instead I just kept being like, you know, I wish they would do this Marvel special, but have, like, pro wrestlers who were doing the flipping over, even if it meant that they couldn't do, like, three shows a day. How how empty was the perform? How empty were the, uh, like, seats where you went? Um, it was relatively busy, actually. There were some seats that were obviously, there were some sections that were empty, but overall it was a pretty decent-sized crowd. It was, like, Half empty for the uh, like night show that I went to. Uh, but mine is also on a Thursday night. Yeah, but I had gone on a Saturday night. No, no, no. I'm just saying for mine, it was it was relatively. I would say about three quarters full. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm assuming they probably aren't doing matinees there, so. Uh, they will on the weekends. Yeah, it was an experience. I'll say that. Yep, I. I enjoyed myself. They can't oh, stop Marvel, it. you were losing so much money. Where was your Captain Carol merchandise? Oh, yeah. They had no Captain Carol merchandise. and I would throw money at you guys for that. Mm-hmm. You failed. Also, they didn't have anyone who was taking photos after the show. Yeah. Which, yeah, I was surprised by that. Like, when I went, there was a guy who, like, brought his own Iron Man costume who was, like, taking photos with the kids. And then there was a guy who looked like, uh, the main character from Taxi Driver, but I think that was just coincidental. Nice. But, like, it would have been neat to be like, hey, can I hang out with you guys and also get drunk and also hear horrible stories about this thing that you've dedicated your lives to? But I don't think they would have appreciated that as much. Probably not. I still thought they might take pictures, like, outside. Yep. But that was not the case. They had to go and push that merchandise. Maybe so, that. Maybe that's what would happen if you, like, got the seats that were actually, like, in the stadium. It's in, like, the ground floor itself. Yeah. But my parents didn't love me enough for that. And also, I didn't love myself enough to buy those tickets. Yep. But you know what I do love myself enough to do? What? Trials of the Multiverse? Actually, I'm curious. How much were your tickets? Uh, like 30? Oh, dang. Yeah, uh, no, I, like, had I planned this out more, I probably could have 
gone to one of the nearby comic shops and got the cheap-ass tickets? Yeah, because that's what I did. I got 12 bucks. Yeah, but I, I had pretty nice seats. That's good. Mm-hmm. Did you take a bunch of photographs? I did. Well, we'll have those up on the image gallery, but let me open up our Trials of the Multiverse chart. Blah, blah, blah. Did you take photos? Not many, because I didn't know if they had any rules against it, and then when I found out they didn't, it was too late. Whatever. You just take pictures anyway. You always should ignore rules of, like, don't take pictures here. Uh, yeah. So, one of the things is, according to the Marvel Wikia, this takes place in the 616. I don't believe it takes place in the 616. Well, it can't. Orange Killian's been dead. He, yep. He's never been brought back after he blew his brains out and struck us number one. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll put a Earth question mark and it'll be the Marvel Live Universe top half or bottom half? Top half. So I'll let you pick the location as long as it's reasonable for this universe. What's that, number four? <laughs> Fuck you, Devin. <laughs> it is not better than Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. It's true. Oh, man, did you hear speaking of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane? They named the new Spider-Man uh, movie Spider-Man Homecoming, which people keep referencing to some Spider-Man coming back from the... 80s and just like no 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 that is the name of the second miniseries in the Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane comic mm-hmm. that is what that movie better damn well be that would be awesome if it was Mary Jane trying to well no that wasn't when she was trying to pay for her dress it's true no I know no no it was it was she gets the dress yeah yep uh yeah where are you what area are you feeling this thing? I would still go top quarter maybe lower top quarter but I'd still go top quarter like somewhere around uh, Alpha Flight talk like TV Canadians? Yeah, better than that. Better than Storm and Norman? It is. Better than What If Deadpool Joined the New Mutants? It is. Okay, better than Marvel Comics and the National Endowment for Arts presented Spidey and Black Cruel Stories. Well, maybe it's not better than that. But... Better than Amalgam Universe. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I enjoyed myself more in the Amalgam universe. So, better than Bee's Pool? Yeah. Okay, so, under Amalgam universe, above Bee's Pool? No, no, it's, no, this is better than Amalgam. Okay, so then it's under Marvel Comics and the National Endowment for Arts presented Spidey Intellectual Stories and above Amalgam universe. There we go. So, Earth, question mark, Marvel... Universe, Universe Live. Live. Okay. And now that you don't have to see the show because we have covered it for you, uh, and well, because... There's only like three more cities too, but... You don't think it's going to like have an extended tour because it, it it's not? Well, actually, according to my comic book in the back, it says potentially there will be some in Canada. Canadian dates not yet announced. In the Canadian one, they, like, don't even have the money for Avengers. It's Alpha Flight. And not even, like, the popular members of Alpha Flight. It's people who were, like, in one or two issues before they died. And also Box. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, you have to make your own box costume, eh? And, and James can be a uh, Wendigo and he'll eat a child each show. True. Uh, but yeah, so coming up on next week, we have our normally what would have been this week uh, Exiles episode. But because of weirdness of schedules, we're breaking that rule. We're breaking all the rules. We're breaking rulers. We're breaking the King of Wakanda. Uh, I've also got another RPG special coming up that's going to be very fun. And then we're going to start getting closer towards Age of Apocalypse. Oh, and we've got that new Captain America movie coming out that we're going to do something for. Oh, yeah. Uh, Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. You can find more about us at multiversalq.com, including image galleries for all of our episodes. Uh, we also have a Patreon in case you want to support us doing more stupid things like seeing Marvel Universe Live. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, Imzy, mm, excuse me, uh, and Tumblr. Where can people find you online, Devin? Find me at Fredo Fett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. You, you can, can find Luke at, at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You took the words right out of my... Mouth. I was going to say sandwiches. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this has been Multiversal Q. I'm, I'm going to die forever now. Peace. Peace. Banana. Banana.